Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to The Guided Journey. This is a podcast that's going to take you on a spiritual expedition towards a deeper understanding of Islam. In each episode, we'll explore the teachings of the Quran and Sunnah and discover how they can enrich our daily lives. This is a journey we're all choosing to take together, myself included. So join me on the ultimate redemption arc. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us in this endeavor and allow us to discover just how transformative faith and reflection can be. Allahumma amin. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to The Guided Journey. I cannot believe we're already here on our second episode. Second isn't that far into it, but it already feels like it's moving really fast. I heard all of your positive feedback, reactions, responses to my first episode, and I want to say thank you so much. I heard your voice notes, I saw the cover art you made for me. You guys are literally so incredible and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless each and every single one of you and guide all of us on this journey. Allahumma ameen. Quick note about the cover art, I will say I didn't think this would be a thing but I would be happy to just accept submissions if you find yourself with the inspiration to just make something for me. I would love it if you did. I'm gonna have rotating cover art as you can see on this episode. This is a brand new cover art that someone made for me and I would be more than happy to feature any of your art if you feel so inspired. So I'm still deciding if I want to do the proper intro for every single episode. I feel like having a good intro for all of the episodes is necessary but we'll see. As a quick reminder, the guided journey is all about getting as close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as possible. We use the Quran, the Sunnah, and all of the prophetic traditions we learned as the ultimate guidance. As a necessary clarification, I am not a scholar, but I am a student of knowledge and I'm continually furthering my own understanding of Islam so that I may be granted Jannah al-Firdaus. In last week's episode, we talked all about overcoming shame and getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to being willing and open and feeling deserving of his mercy and his forgiveness. This week we're gonna switch gears just a little bit and we're going to talk about Surah Fatiha. Now, I don't know how much details and description I need to give you when it comes to understanding why Surah Fatiha is as important as it is, but there are some really vital pieces we need to cover when it comes to this Surah 
So this seemed like the perfect place to start. First and foremost, as we know about Surah Fatiha, we are commanded to recite this surah at least 17 times a day. Yes, 17. And that 17 comes from each rakah and in each and every single one of your five daily prayers. We've got two from Fajr, plus four from Dhuhr, we're at six, plus another four from Asr, we're at 10, plus another three from Maghrib, we're at 13, and plus another four from Isha, we're at 17. This does not include your sunnah prayers, your nafil prayers. This doesn't include you choosing to just recite Fatiha on your own. So at minimum, this is a surah you're reciting 17 times. And so I wonder, has it ever occurred to you to think, what is so special about this surah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded that this is the surah we must use at the beginning of every single rakah? And you know, just to provide the dalil on that, there is the hadith we know in Sahih Bukhari 756 that the Prophet said, whoever does not recite Al-Fatiha in his prayer, his prayer is invalid. So what other hadiths do we know about Surah Fatiha? I mean, there's got to be more things baked into this surah and its virtues so that we can really gain the full understanding of why this surah is so important. Just to give you a quick overview of what's to come, first we're going to talk about the hadiths and why we know the surah is so important. We're going to move into some of the basics of this surah. We're going to talk about the translation, really dissect each and every single ayah. And then we're going to talk about what we can do to actually build that connection with this surah and really gain the most possible benefit from reciting it. So hadiths about its importance. Let's start there. I don't know if you know this, but in the tafsir by Ibn Kathir, and you can find that tafsir as I've mentioned at alim.org, that is A-L-I-M dot org. In that tafsir, which is probably the most widely accepted tafsir we have of the Quran, we learn that Surah Al-Fatiha is not only considered the opener of the book or the opening Surah of the Quran, it's also considered the mother of the Quran. Or in Arabic, that would be Umm Al-Kitab. According to the majority of scholars, this is the prestigious title given to Surah Al-Fatiha, the mother of the Qur'an. I don't know about you, but hearing that a surah is referred to as the mother of the Qur'an immediately makes you think of it in a slightly different light. Umm Al-Kitab. So there's another hadith in which we can find in Sahih Al-Bukhari's 4704, which was narrated by Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, who said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, the Ummah of the Qur'an is the seven oft-repeated verses and is the great Qur'an. In this hadith, when they say Umm, our understanding from the tafsir, they described Umm to be mother, which we know in the Arabic language, you would call your mother Ummi or something like that. So it's referred to as the mother of the Qur'an. But in this hadith, their translation of Umm is substance. The Umm of the Qur'an, and then it says in parentheses, the substance of the Qur'an is the seven oft-repeated verses. Substance of the Qur'an. What another really interesting way to view this surah. Again, I don't know if this is something you've heard or something you've thought about before. The fact that Fatiha is considered the mother of the Qur'an and the substance of the Qur'an. That is so eye-opening. Another thing, actually, really quick, that this hadith brings visibility to is this phrase seven oft repeated verses so we mentioned in the last episode that oft is just a word that's used it's kind of an old-fashioned way of saying often so seven the seven often repeated verses this is a phrase that can be found in a lot of places and it's one of the 
peculiar ways that is referred to as Fatiha. When you hear that phrase, the seven oft-repeated verses, they're talking about Fatiha. Fatiha is the seven verses that you are saying frequently, as we just mentioned, because again, you're reciting it at minimum 17 times a day. So I want to play for you guys a clip from the Quran. This is from Surah Al-Hijr, which is the 15th chapter. We're starting from about verse number 85, and I want you to just listen. So in these verses, again from Surah Al-Hajr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, starting from verse number 85, we have not created the heavens and the earth and everything in between except for a purpose. And the hour is certain to come, so forgive graciously. Surely your Lord is the master creator, all-knowing. We have certainly granted you the seven oft-repeated verses and the great Qur'an. So these verses are embedded in the part of the surah that's actually talking about the people from the Prophet Salah But if we were to just dissect these three ayahs I played for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts by affirming that the heavens and the earth were created for a purpose. We have not created the heavens and the earth and everything in between except for a purpose. Then he affirms that the day of judgment is guaranteed to come. He says, and the hour is certain to come. He finishes that ayah by saying, so forgive graciously. This ayah in and of itself could be talked about in an entirely separate podcast episode, but this ayah I found incredibly beautifully because I think it lays the foundation for the other two ayahs. Again, it says, we have not created the heavens and the earth and everything in between except for a purpose, and the hour is certain to come, so forgive graciously. The next ayah says, surely your Lord is the master creator, all-knowing. And then the third ayah says, we have certainly granted you the seven often repeated verses and the great Quran. This is just one mention of that phrase I was telling you, seven often repeated verses. But this proclamation, as you can see, so in the first two ayahs I mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making proclamations to us. That he created the heavens and the earth for a purpose, proclamation number one. That the hour and the day of judgment is certain to come, proclamation number two. He says, forgive graciously, that's an advice he gives us. Third proclamation, surely your Lord is the master creator, all-knowing. Then he moves into the next ayah. We have certainly granted you the seven often repeated verses and the great Quran. There has to be this significance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choosing to mention the seven often repeated verses after making all of these proclamations. The seven often repeated verses of Surah Al-Fatiha are meant to be guidance for us. In the same way he says, I granted you the Quran, I gave you this as the ultimate guidance, he specifically says, I gave you the seven often repeated verses. He singled out Surah Fatiha, meaning there's something super special about this Surah. So now we're gonna move into a separate hadith, actually. This hadith, oh, it's another really good one, and it talks about, again, it mentions how this Surah is so significant, so different, and so beautiful. So in this hadith, Abu Sa'id, may Allah be pleased with him, describes an incident of which from when he was praying. So he was praying and the Prophet ﷺ calls out to him. He doesn't immediately respond to him. He goes to him after he finishes praying. 
Um, and the Prophet Sallallahu tells him, he says, shall I not teach you the most superior surah in the Quran? And the Prophet Sallallahu continues and he says, it is praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, and essentially recites Surah Al-Fatiha. He says, Surah Al-Fatiha consists of the seven repeatedly recited verses and the magnificent Quran which was given to me. This can be found in Sahih al-Bukhari 5006. In this hadith, the Prophet calls Surah Al-Fatiha literally the most superior surah in the Quran. Not just that it's an important one, not just that it's one we're supposed to be reciting all the time. He says, I want to teach you the most superior surah in the Quran. And then he teaches that man, he teaches Abu Sa'id, may Allah be pleased with him, Surah Al-Fatiha. SubhanAllah, we've now heard Surah Al-Fatiha described so many different ways. It's been described as the mother of the Quran, the substance of the Quran, the most superior surah in the Quran. And again, that phrase, the seven oft-repeated verses. So for the sake of, again, really understanding the surah, we're going to go through the translation. I'm going to play for you guys the surah, and then we're going to talk it out verse by verse. so the very first ayah of this surah Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And yes, in case you didn't know, that actually is the very first ayah. Yes, usually for all the surahs, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim is a phrase you will say before you begin the surah. But in this surah, in Surah Al-Fatiha, it is actually the very first ayah. So the surah starts by saying, In the name of Allah, the most compassionate, the most merciful. The next ayah says, All praise is for Allah, the Lord of all the worlds. Next ayah, the most compassionate, the most merciful, master of the day of judgment. You alone we worship, you alone we ask for help. Guide us along the straight path. And in the final ayah, the path of those you have blessed, not of those you are displeased with or those who are astray. And we know that it is customary to say ameen at the end of this surah. Because honestly, you're saying a dua. You're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you along the straight path, the path of those he has blessed, not the path of those he's been displeased with. So truthfully, this surah, both the Arabic and the English translation of it, are two things that I've incorporated so heavily, not only, of course, into my salah, but on a day-to-day -day basis to recite it when I feel like I want, when I need it. But then also those, those three verses, those final three verses of the surah, starting from verse 5, you alone we worship, you alone we ask for help. Guide us along the straight path, the path of those you have blessed, not the path of those you are displeased with or the ones you are who are astray. I've worked these phrases into my regular dua following my salah all the time. What greater guidance could you ask for? 
first you're affirming to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you alone I worship and you alone I'm asking for help. And then you say, since that's the case, I'm asking you, please guide me along the straight path. The path of the ones whom you have promised Jannatul Firdaus, the path of those who have earned your barakah and your blessings, not the path of the people you're displeased with, not the path of the people who are destined for Jahannam, not the path of the people who are astray and misguided and whose hearts and minds are closed to this deen. In this surah, you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not abandon you. You are asking him to keep you on the path and you are doing it immediately after you glorify him. You are telling him he is the most compassionate, the most merciful. You are proclaiming that he's the Lord of all the worlds and that he's the most compassionate and that he's the master of the day of judgment. You're telling him he alone you worship. He alone you ask for help. This surah is such an embodiment of how we should be worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a daily basis. Day in and day out, this is how we should be worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should be affirming all of his great characteristics, not only to glorify and extol him, but as a reminder to ourselves, to remind ourselves when we stand up for prayer, we're standing up to talk to the master of the day of judgment, the one who quite literally will determine our fate in the afterlife. We're talking to the one who is the most compassionate, the most merciful. Understanding the translation of this surah will 100% change your experience every time you read it. That being said, knowing each and every single ayah holds a significant amount of weight. There's actually a really powerful hadith and it's widely known. I'm sure you've probably heard it before. This can be found in Sahih Muslim 395. Abu Huraira reported that the Prophet said, now listen to this carefully. The Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I have divided prayer between myself and my servant into two halves, and my servant shall have what he has asked for. So we're talking about when you stand for salah, okay? You're standing on your prayer mat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, He divided prayer between himself and you into two halves. In this hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes how he has prepared a response for every single ayah that we recite in Surah Fatiha. For every ayah we say and we recite while we are in prayer of Surah Fatiha, there is a response that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for it. So he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I have divided prayer between myself and my servant into two halves and my servant shall have what he has asked for. When the servant says, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, when, when my servant says, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, my servant has praised me. When the servant says, the most gracious, the most merciful, or Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, my servant has exalted me. Exalted means when you are placing someone or something at the highest, most powerful level, meaning you're praising them ultimately. So when we say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, my servant has placed me on the highest level. Then he says, when my servant says, master of the day of judgment, when we say Maliki Yawmiddin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, my servant has glorified me and my servant has submitted to me. Then when we say, you alone we worship, you alone we ask for help, Allah Taala says, this is between me and my servant, and my servant will have what he has asked for. Then finally, when we say, guide us to the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored, nor of those who went astray, 
When we say ihdina sirata al-mustaqeem, sirata al-ladhina an'amta alayhim ghayri al-maqdubi alayhim wal-dhaleen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is for my servant and my servant shall have what he has asked for. This hadith should completely change the way you approach your prayer. When you stand on your prayer mat and you are reciting Fatiha, even though it is so second nature because we are saying this surah 17 times a day, even though there's a tendency to maybe recite that, recite that surah pretty fast because you know all the words and maybe you're just, you know, you're rushing through your prayer or whatever. Do you not hear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting for you to say each and every single ayah in surah al-Fatiha so that he may give you his response? So that he may tell you, this is for my servant and my servant shall have what he has asked for. We are glorifying him. We are exalting him. We are submitting to him. And then ultimately we ask him to guide us on the straight path. And he tells us for doing all of the, those things, for glorifying him, exalting him, placing him on the highest level and submitting to him, we shall have what we have asked for. This is why Surah Al-Fatiha is so important. This is why this Surah is the most superior Surah in the Qur'an. It's the mother of the Qur'an. It's the substance of the Qur'an. This Surah holds so much weight. And if you haven't been giving it the weight it deserves prior to today, I am challenging you, I am encouraging you to reevaluate the way you approach this Surah in your Salat and in your day-to-day -day habits. Part of building a connection with a surah comes from not just knowing its translation, not just knowing its tafsir. It comes from trying to figure out what best ways can I implement the lessons of this surah into my life? How am I going to embody the essence of Surah Al-Fatiha in my daily life? And what this surah teaches you, it, what it should be teaching you, is the proper way of worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should take from this surah what it means to glorify him, to call upon him with the names he most favors, to extol him, to exalt him, to place him on the highest level, to submit to him, to know he's the master of the day of judgment, to know he's the Lord of all the worlds. And then to ultimately ask him for the greatest guidance he can give you, for him to show you the straight path and keep you on the straight path him to show you the path of the ones he will grant genital for those two now there's actually one more hadith i want to talk to you about this hadith is so astonishing and i actually only learned this pretty recently when i was looking into what are some of the healing surahs of the quran what are some of the surahs and hadiths that talk about the verses and the dua that hold a lot of weight when it comes to finding cures and healing that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to us so there's actually one more name about Surah Al-Fatiha that we haven't covered. And believe it or not, Surah Al-Fatiha is also referred to as the cure. There is a tradition of using Surah Al-Fatiha for ruqya and for healing of illnesses and different ailments. This leads me to the hadith I want to tell you guys about. So this hadith was narrated by Abu Sa'id Qutri, may Allah be pleased with him. It can be found in Sahih al Bukhari 2276. So Abu Sa'id narrated that some of the companions of the Prophet were on a journey. And while they were on that journey, they came across a number of Arab tribes in the middle of the night. They asked one of these tribes 
if they could stay with them, if they would be willing to host them as a guest just for the night so they would have a safe place to sleep, but the tribe actually refused. They said, you're not welcome and we can't host you. So the, so the companions of the Prophet ﷺ go, along, go upon their way. A little bit later, the chief of that tribe is bitten by a snake, or it could have been stung by a scorpion, as the hadith details. And so the tribe does the, their very best to heal their chief. They try to cure him, and they try the different like remedies and things that they know. Ultimately, some of them say to the, to the rest of them that are among them, and they say, okay, nothing has benefited him. Can we please go to the people who we turned away and just see if maybe they have something with them, if they have, the, if they have a cure, if they have a medicine, if they have some sort of remedy that they could potentially give us so that we may cure our chief. So they go to the group of the companions, of the Prophet and they say, listen, our chief has been bitten by a snake and we've tried everything, but he's not getting better. Please tell us you've got something useful for us. One of them reply and says, yes, actually, by Allah, I can recite a ruqya for him. But then he follows up and he says, but actually, as you have refused to accept us as your guests, I will not recite the ruqya for you unless you fix for us some sort of compensation for it. Essentially, they said, okay, since you were so rude to us before and wouldn't give us a place to sleep, we'll give you the ruqya, we'll give you the cure that we have for your chief if you can give us some sort of compensation for our trouble. So the tribe agrees and they say, you know what, we'll give you a flock of sheep. Just please come and cure our chief. So one of the companions goes over and he recites Surah Al-Fatiha. He recites all seven verses and some narrations say he kind of like rubbed it into the wound. He kind of like spit into his hands and then rubbed it over onto the wound. Some time passed, I'm not sure how much time, but it was in the same night and the chief, subhanAllah, became completely healed. The narration says, it's as if he was released from a chain, got up and started walking, showing no sign of weakness or sickness. So the rest of the hadith, uh, which is a little bit unrelated to the ruqya, but essentially the tribe ends up giving the companions what they promised, the flock of sheep. And then the companions decide, okay, let's divide our earnings. But before we divide it, let's go to the Prophet ﷺ, tell him the whole story and see what he says. If he even says it's halal for us to take these sheep. So they go to the Prophet ﷺ and they tell him the story of what happened. They tell him how they came across the tribe. The tribe had originally been rude. But then they agreed to cure the chief in exchange for some sheep. The Prophet ﷺ actually asks them, how did you know that Surah Al-Fatiha could be recited as ruqya? That it could be recited as a cure? He tells them that they've done the right thing in using Fatiha as a ruqya or as a cure. So he tells them to divide what you've earned and assign a share for me. He says the Prophet ﷺ smiled as he told them to save a share for him as well. But subhanAllah, is this hadith not mind-blowing and so astonishing? They used Surat al-Fatiha as ruqya. They literally used it as a cure. This chief had been bitten by a snake. Or again, as the narration says, it could have been stung by a scorpion. But either way, he was faced with a serious ailment, and if not cured, he could have died. But these companions knew to use Surah Al-Fatiha as a ruqya. They recited it, rubbed it into the wound, as some narrations say, and the chief was completely healed. We know that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala tells us every single ailment on this earth 
has not been sent without its own cure. And that hadith is in Sunnah ibn Majah 3438, in which Abdullah ibn Mas'ud reported that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Allah did not send down any disease, but that he also sent its cure. And in another narration, the Prophet وسلم, said, one who has knowledge of it knows it, and one who is ignorant of it is ignorant. SubhanAllah, isn't it so comforting to know that one of the cures Allah subhanahu promised us was literally sent in the form of these seven often repeated verses. I sincerely hope hearing all of this about Surah Al-Fatiha will change your experience with it for the rest of your life. This surah is the mother of the Qur'an, the most superior Qur'an, it is referred to as the substance of the Qur'an. It is also known as a cure. These seven often repeated verses that we are reciting at minimum 17 times a day. So I wanna say thank you all so much for joining me on this episode. For the sake of ending it off on the best possible note, let us all recite Surah Al-Fatiha. الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين. And let us all say Amin. Amin, Ya Rab. Ya Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You alone we worship. You alone we ask for help. Show us the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored not the ones who have gone astray, not the ones you are displeased with. Ya Allah, you are the most compassionate, the most merciful. You are the Lord of all the worlds. You are the master of the day of judgment. Ya Allah, we ask for your guidance and we ask for your mercy. Allahumma amin. Thank you all so much for joining me on episode two of the guided journey. Ah, still so hard to believe that we are here and that this podcast is up and running. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless me in it and bless us all as we embark on this very, very beautifully guided journey. Allahumma ameen. Until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. And that's it for today's episode of The Guided Journey. We hope you found it informative and inspiring and that it brought you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember, the journey towards greater faith and understanding is ongoing, and we're all in this together. So keep seeking knowledge, reflecting on your own experiences, and striving to be the best Muslim you can be. I'll be back soon with more insights and perspectives on the beautiful path of Islam, but until then, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.